Hi all, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to go through the world trade in bananas case study for you guys and make a little podcast to help you with it. So we're going to be following along what the specification asks us to know about, which is a commodity being traded. We've chosen a food commodity. Obviously, some courses or some students in other schools might look at a manufactured good. So the first thing you need to realize is how important bananas are. And this is based on 2015 data, but the fourth most important food product within least developed countries. And it's the staple food for around 400 million people. So actually, in terms of what it provides, it's 90 calories per 100 grams. And therefore, it's very useful for development in these poorer countries, essentially. Bananas are the fifth most traded agricultural commodity and in 2013 there was over 16.5 million tonnes exported from lots of different areas. Now the industry as a whole is based on production in hot, rainy, lowland areas of tropical regions. That's the predominant area where we're growing bananas. And one of the issues with bananas is that they are susceptible to diseases and that's why almost all bananas around the world are treated with chemicals throughout the production cycle. Now this brings us to our first kind of issue with the banana production and that is that they release a lot of uh, water and air pollution or pollutants into those into water and air because of these chemicals that are put onto it. And with the exception of cotton, the banana industry has the largest agrochemical input into the environment. So we are talking about some serious negatives there. Alongside that, there is also quite a lot of deforestation to make space for them, along with a fair amount of waste. For every one tonne of bananas produced, there's two tonnes of waste created. There's also issues with soil fertility and loss of biodiversity. So there's some important negatives to take into account of the production side itself. In terms of trade, there's two major groups you need to be aware of. Uh, a group called the ACP, which is Africa, Caribbean and Pacific. Mainly we look at Africa and the Caribbean as the major two there. And a group that works out of Central America or Latin America known as the dollar producers. And those ones are controlled by the large United States of America TNCs. Now, in terms of actual trade in bananas, we need to know about the exporters and the importers. So the largest importers are the United States of America and the European Union. And in 2013, they each consumed 27% of the total exported value. So 54% their total, whereas most of the exports were coming from our kind of Latin American countries and they had the majority of the exports there. Now, when we're talking about these Latin American and kind of the US-based TNCs involved, it's important to talk about and link it to earlier aspects of the course. And these TNCs are vertically integrated into the supply chain. And what we mean by that, it means they own the actual production or the plantations. They then own the transportation, so normally um, cargo ship. They own the facilities where the bananas are ripened and then they own the distribution networks as well. That vertical integration means that they operate in all aspects from almost start to finish of a banana being grown and then sold. And that obviously we know brings about better economies of scale because they don't have to make a profit at each step. They only have to make a profit overall, which means they can sell them for a lower price to the consumers and also make a larger profit. Now, 
When we're talking about these TNCs, in 2002, they owned 60% of the market share, but we have seen that reduced to around 45% in the recent years. Um, so when we're getting this idea, TNCs play a massive role, especially in these kind of Latin American, uh, Central American countries that are involved. And this brings us to the real interesting part of the banana case study, and that is the trade wars that took place beginning in 1992 and lasting for 20 years um, and ending with a Geneva Convention to solve them. So the issue essentially was that in 1975, what happened was SDTs, that special and differential treatment, were offered to former European colonies in places like Africa and, and other areas of the world. These allowed tariff-free trade on certain products, including bananas. So on the face of it, this seems like a really positive step because they were former colonies, they had been exploited for years, they were now able to have tariff-free trade, and that did include the trade in bananas, which therefore would increase their market share. Now, this is where the problem begins, though. And that is that when the American TNCs that owned the Latin American crop, who were still supplying 70%, sorry, 75% of the European market, they said this is uncompetitive and unfair and filed a complaint with the World Trade Organization. So these huge Goliath of uh, TNCs who had the largest market share already said it was uncompetitive and unfair that the African countries would have the SDTs to help them trade in bananas. What then actually happened was the World Trade Organization agreed with the TNCs and told the European Union to stop the discrimination and allow for banana trade to be fairer. The EU said that it was not prepared to do that and what we then ended up with was a retaliatory tariff trade war between the United States and the European Union, passing lots of different tariffs on different goods. Eventually, in 2009, they began a Geneva kind of convention, and which was ratified in 2012, and the agreement was that the European Union would gradually reduce the tariffs on Latin American bananas to make them as competitive as the bananas from Africa. Now, that is in my mind a story that shows how essentially the World Trade Organization agreed with an absolute Goliath, the TNCs from America, and essentially bullied around a smaller group of trading with bananas under the guise that it was unfair that somebody had an advantage over someone else. And it's certainly been seen that the ACP, that Caribbean, African and Pacific unit, definitely seem to now be struggling in terms of being competitive. So that's kind of the story then the world kind of the the trade war issue created by bananas but the banana trade also highlights a few other aspects we need to be aware of and it comes out with a phrase called race to the bottom and race to the bottom is the idea of finding a country with the lowest labor costs the weakest legislation the lowest environmental standards and essentially exploiting it to produce the goods that you need. Now, race to the bottom doesn't just happen with bananas, it happens with lots of other industries as well. And it's this idea of, of going around the world, these TNCs find the countries that have these weakest laws in place and go and exploit the, the workers there 
for whatever they're looking to manufacture or produce. And it really is quite a negative aspect of globalization, a negative aspect of TNCs, and very useful, therefore, if you're evaluating the impact of globalization or TNCs on the developing world, because race to the bottom is definitely showing exploitation. However, the other side of that is especially with good light bananas, we do get fair trade and organic bananas. And these have helped kind of the ethically conscious people in the world to try and increase the amount of money going back to producers and also with the organic idea, trying to reduce the impact on the environment as well. And we found that generally higher income countries are now starting to be willing to pay a higher price for these products and there's a growing market in these areas. So that concludes the banana trade, um, trade case study. We've got that trade war in there. We've got the elements of production and when it's distributed, and then the concepts such as the race to the bottom and the fair trade and organic bananas. I hope you found that useful. Thank you very much.